tiempo pasó, me arrepentí, ahora pediré tu perdón. Mi indecisión causó el gran error, me dominó el temor. Hello everybody, welcome to We View Yasha. I just high wrote it, Lindsay. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. Yeah, and we're here to talk about episode 25, Naraku's Insidious Plot, which is also the title of the fourth Insidious movie. Naraku's Insidious Plot, where we are brought up to speed on the slaughter and the Naraku flashback and uh, everything that Sango is going to do to ease her angry soul. We get an uh, interesting bit of cross-cutting here where uh, Naraku and Sango are already on the road where she says she refuses to die until her vengeance is satisfied. Oh, yeah. He's tying up the horses. He's like, we can't go further on the horses. And she's just kind of laying propped up against the tree. And he goes, mm. oh, Sango dead already? <laughs> <laughs> is Sango dead? <laughs> no. And this is intercut with her talking to the prince, who is trying to talk her out of going. Yeah, the first time I ever saw this, I was the prince was really weird to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is he gonna marry her? Because she's not interested. She's not coming back. Well, he's uh, very, uh, I understand his attraction to her, but he does have to know that, you know, this is a suicide mission. I'm leaving nothing for the return. We have, of course, know by the end of the episode uh, what his motives are. Mm -hmm. But he is responsible for sending along Naraku. Help her out. And does offer a home for Sango when uh, she returns. Yeah. Come live with me in my luxurious hair that is very similar to another character. Not feeling well enough to sit on his uh, makeup plate yet. No. Nor have we seen him without his shirt off. Confirmed. <laughs> but back at the, the Slayer Village, where they're still burying the bodies, this is where they really could have used Rasue. Because she can just <laughs> reach into dirt and cut through <laughs> graves like nothing. Is Kikyo just like a, not part of the group at this point, I guess we can't count her as an ally, <laughs> but just as a, we should really worry about her whenever we run across her. Cause she's... I mean, the last time we saw her, she was trying to drag Miyasha to hell. But in a weird way, she reached some sort of peace because she went to talk to her sister and was like, yeah, I guess I'll go then, bye. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I I don't think they need to like continuously watch their back because she's stalking them or anything. No. But I think they might want to have their guard up. Yeah. You come across her. Oh, hello, Kikio. <laughs> I see you've inserted yourself into another village. <laughs> but as they're still burying the bodies, Miyoga is continuing to talk about the sacred jewel and says that they're the cave nearby. Uh, the rumor is that's where it was created. It's the cave where uh, all the demon remains that they don't use for yes. weapons and armor get tossed. Yeah, this <laughs> was cool. The village specializes in creating weapons and armor from demon parts so that they're super strong. Probably why her giant boomerang is so effective. Mm, exactly. But the the cave is like their uranium pool or something where they just <laughs> put all the unused garbage in there. And who knows what will come out. But uh, don't worry, they have their version of a line of automated machine guns around the entrance, which is just a force field that nobody can get through. Or at the very least, Inuyasha can't get through. Yeah, he's the one who really tried. Yeah. (laughs) 
He tried multiple times. He just <laughs> does not want... Yeah. Doesn't take no for an answer, this no. guy. Yeah. Uh, we're brushing over, I guess, uh, the bit of humor in this episode where uh, this is Miyoga said, I didn't run away. I went to go find out about this stuff so I could come back and report to you. It's like, okay, Miyoga, you're all right. Let me just walk through this barrier. Oh, hold on a sec. And then gets shocked and he's mad at him again. So uh, back with Sango, she's getting too weak to carry on collapses to her knees, so Naraku offers her a jewel shard. Which seems above board, if you ask me. Why do you have that? A pretty flimsy lie where he says, oh, I've had it for a while. Uh, yeah, and then he, he's like, you know, it's only bad when the bad people use it. When good people use it for noble causes, it's help. But Inuyasha is uh, hitting the barrier with his, his sword and can't get through. So the gang gives up and they decide to just say, you know, actually, let's go to the castle town and, and find those uh, slayers that went to go do that job. Yeah. We'll ask them about it. Yeah. I'm sure they're still alive and nothing horrible happened to them. So as they're leaving, Kagome hesitates at the barrier. And we know she's really good at passing through barriers from the whole Kikyo episode. So really, she should have been like, hold on, let me see. <laughs> but she kind of, these two episodes, she's kind of a background character. Like, there's not a lot of room for her with all of this. Uh... Yeah. But, I mean, it, like you said last episode, it kind of goes with her trying to take a step back from the Miyasha. Yeah. It's all about the job at this point. So she's just helping where she can with the jewels. And uh, as they're walking through the woods. They're arguing about directions, of all things. They're <laughs> just following Inuyasha. I thought you knew where to go. Oh, my God, I love that. Where every other, like, um... Were you just walking? <laughs> you didn't stop me. He's like, well, you didn't tell me it was wrong. <laughs> Moroku suggests he uses his nose. <laughs> well, this is only a conversation that can be interrupted by a giant boomerang, clearing all of the trees out around them so that they can fight in a giant clearing. <laughs> yeah, it's Sango, of course, and she looks a, a bit better. Ready to fight Inuyasha. Yeah. Is it you? Yeah, maybe that's the only question she asks. Who's asking? <laughs> Miyoga, of course, is like, that's Sango, don't fight her. She's supposed to be on our side. <laughs> that Sango is, of course, relentless and trying to hurt him with her boomerang. And Moroku tries to use his wind tunnel to stop it. And he catches it momentarily, but those damn bees are here. I'm going to hate those bees more than anything. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Get used to them? Yeah. Right. They're part of uh, Naraku's entourage. Yeah, well, it works as a harbinger of Naraku. Yeah. Because they know he's there if the bees are there. Yeah. The bees. And, there he is. <laughs> yeah, of course, he's just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. He's just like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah. I see you found yet another baboon to kill. But those bees, they don't do anything other than preventing. Uh, Moroku from using his wind tunnel. Yeah. They just chill. Get on his hat. Um, You'd think Shippo could, like, fend him off, maybe, with his fox fire. But... Like, hey, we're here to use that. So I guess that's why they're just... They're annoying. They're not like um, an enemy. Like, um, kind of thing, like the video games that just have, like, the little tiny annoying minions that you just have. Oh, right. Yeah. At least they're not attacking. They're just kind of... They're there. Inuyasha tries to attack Naraku, but Sango it keeps him focused on her. 
She's really, uh, she's got the this idea of an honorable fight in her. It, it certainly keeps our characters from getting hurt too bad. And it's a good thing that she has that honest streak within her because the fact that she keeps talking about aloud uh, how Inuyasha destroyed her village, that makes everybody realize that, oh, <laughs> oh, that's what that's she thinks. Understanding. Yeah, it's pretty easily. So I'm going to go back on something I said a long time ago about the Sashomaru and Tetsaiga arc where I wanted it to be condensed into two episodes instead of three. I take it all back because I would have loved this if it were three episodes. Because in this one, more so than the last one, I feel like they're taking shortcuts where they don't necessarily need to. The shortcuts being... They run across her very easily, uh, and this whole thing where they know what the misunderstanding is pretty quickly. So I don't know. Uh, it could be just a grass is greener type thing, because the other way would mean that we have to watch a fight that we know they're eventually going to solve. So perhaps it's good they're keeping it nice and lean. I don't know. What do you think, Lindsay? Um, this episode felt longer to me than the last one. Yeah. I mean, so in some senses, yeah, you're right. I'm glad that they, we knew this fight was coming. We knew that was what she set out to do. So it's kind of nice that we don't have filler. Mm-hmm. We just get to the fight. We solve the fight. Yeah. I mean, they keep it uh, they keep it brief. They don't belabor it. I think maybe because the stakes are so high that she's already had her family killed. So why torture this character anymore? with a lie that she has to believe for one episode too long. So, okay, I've convinced myself, and you, you've helped me as well. <laughs> this is where uh, Kagome sees that she has a jewel shard embedded in her back. You gotta get that out of there. Sango throws some miasma powder, which, keep this for your game, what's that deck? <laughs> and uh, she knows, she knows a lot about demons, so of course he's a uh, dog hanyo and sensitive to smells. So it'll keep him uh, at long distance so he can't get up close and attack her. But meanwhile, Moroku and Nataku are going to fight. So this was pretty great. Sorry, this just made me laugh. All of a sudden, out of this baboon pelt comes this little hand of a sword. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I was intimidated by that at first. Cause like, Whoa. But it is silly because he fends off two attacks and then Moroku just... He doesn't slice off his hand, he just hits it with his staff and it falls off. But of course, uh, careful what you wish for, because this hand animates itself and grabs Kagome's Shikan jewel. Oh my god. flies at her. (laughs) Like, um... Oh shoot, what was that Devin Solomon movie? Idle Hands. Idle Hands. (laughs) Yep. Turned into one of those. (laughs) Surprised you didn't go with Evil Dead (laughs) 2. I was about to throw you out of your own apartment. I live here now. (laughs) You live in your car. I never saw it. Character's name is Alice. This is some point, point, right? Yeah, okay. You get some point. But as his hand comes back to him with the jewel, Naraku flies away in a giant plume of smoke. And the plume says, return to me, Sango, when you have done with your revenge. Putting a lot of faith in Sango's ability to fight here. And Sango, 
primarily checking off you. She's finally asking herself the question that she should, which is there's this creepy guy in a baboon costume whose face I've never seen who has weird freaky jewels and also an army of demon bees. Maybe I don't like him very much. So in the lull in the fight, she sends Kirara to follow him. And my favorite line is, if he does anything weird, kill him. Got <laughs> <laughs> a large net to work with there, Kirara. Yeah. Anything weird, inc- including the thing that he is currently doing. <laughs> Just flying away. Flying on a puma smoke. <laughs> that shit ain't normal. Oh, and Moroku has also given chase. And Inuyasha cannot because... Sango is keeping a man. Yep. She resumes oh, the Oh, and what a cool uh, little Kilala transformation. Oh. Little tiny baby kitty is like, pew, pew. And then, <laughs> flames and saber cat flying into the air. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where Inuyasha throws his sword and prevents Sango's boomerang from returning to her properly. All prepared for her game. She's seen them all. Yep. And uh, she throws the miasma powder, and but he tears off her mask, of course, and, she, and then part. And pulls her out. And that's still not quite enough proof. She thinks it's some sort of trick, so she takes out her sword and stabs his arm. Oh, I love that shot where they pull away, and she's just, you know, she's on the ground. He's got, he's holding her, you know, to pull her out, and she's just like, <clears throat> and he's There's, just kind of looking at her like, Ow! <laughs> You're still on this, huh? <laughs> but I think that's the final moment where, like, no, I didn't do anything. And he tells her he can smell all the blood. He's like, you're an inch from death. I can smell it on you. Yeah, I didn't even do anything yet. And she kind of looks down and sees, you know, all the, and she's like, oh, my God, I didn't feel anything. I had no, oh, wait, not if there's a blown away yet, right? Can no, he did. Her... Oh, that's, that's right. Later. Shoot. Yeah, that's coming up. Ahead of myself. Yeah. The shard, I guess, was just like morphine. To yeah. use a different drug metaphor that I shouldn't know. That <laughs> it wasn't to, to fix anything. It's just like, let's just see. Yeah. Like, no pain. Yeah, she just wasn't aware of the giant horn. <laughs> Which, um, when he tells her as he flies away, uh, come back after you're done. This whole thing seemed in conflict with it. I thought maybe because of the outside chance that she would come back. We don't want her saying anything like, Naraku didn't help me to the prince. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you want her to come back so when he could get the jewel shard back. Yeah, perhaps. That's that's a good point. Uh, it, to me, it just seemed he was ready to, eh, whatever happens. <laughs> I got what I need. I'm out of here. <laughs> but yeah, as she collapses, she has that flashback with her brother, who uh, is all about... Uh, we could lose, but we're a family and we're strong together, which is super sad. But meanwhile, Moroku is having a real tough time keeping up with Naraku. Good thing, because Kirara sees him and picks him up. And they immediately attack him. Moroku, just no bones about it, takes his staff and smacks Naraku in the face. Yeah, go ahead and tree. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Is it clay? But it looks like tree arms come out from under. <laughs> it's like tree octopus arms. I'm thinking because what it what what he was made out of looks like wood. Yeah, well, it looks like wood to me too. So. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe that's why there's. It just trees. breaks apart like clay almost. But... Yeah, and then reforms. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, they land on the ground, and Moroku's trying to fend off all of the, the tree arms that are coming at him, and he almost gets impaled. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You have a jetliner Inuyasha. <laughs> jetliner Inuyasha. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Sango wakes up from a nightmare and finds she's being carried by Inuyasha, who's essentially carrying everything. He really yeah. is like a jet blue flight. <laughs> The boomerang in his hut. And then Yasuke yeah, just picks up his parents and goes, hey, you're I'm right. here too. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but Shippo is sitting on the boomerang. He was wearing Sango's mask yeah. on his head, like a little headband. Yep. I went, he's not, he's not annoying. He's not really in it. He's just kind of background. But mm. I thought, ah. I, don't, I don't remember ever noticing that before, but I thought, Oh, kind of cute. And uh, Sango learns the truth about everything, of course. Oh, Kagome uh, uh, vouches for Inuyasha's character. In a way that's kind of early first season. Not so affectionate, but just kind of like, eh, you know, he's a little rough around the edges, but you get used to his directness. <laughs> I mean, that's word for word what she says. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> you don't have to look it up. It's fine. All right, but the fight has continued, and this is where uh, Moroku almost gets impaled, and that's when Idiyasha shows up for Tetsaiga. It's like, continue this fight. Sango, of course, uh, is there to hear Naraku's confession. And like, yeah. So you failed in getting your vengeance. Well, pfft. I guess uh, you're no longer necessary. I don't give shards to people who disappoint and defy me. So he takes that shard back. Yep, she was ready to turn that boomerang on him. Yep, but of course collapses from blood loss, I imagine. Yeah, and the pain. Mm. She went, oh my god. Did not realize how much pain I was in. But uh, India... No! Let alone attack. She's going to be dead by the next episode, I'm sure. <laughs> but Inuyasha cuts off uh, Naraku's head, which like the spider, bit too easy. <laughs> but then the head speaks. And <laughs> everything is still alive, of course. And uh, Kagome sees that there is a jewel shard within this Naraku wooden body. So Kagome sees the shard, and Sango realizes that uh, this thing perhaps is not what it seems, and that it could be, in fact, a demon puppet. Yeah, there was something she wasn't sensing about him. She's like, wait, there's no. That's not. That's not Naraku. Yeah, but. It's uh, a puppet, and then tells him Yasha aims in the heart. Her first collaboration with this uh, half-demon fellow, who turns out is not so bad. <laughs> so Inuyasha, of course, complies, because any victory is a victory. <sighs> the whole thing disappears into a little wooden doll. And it's a little wooden doll with thread wrapped around it. Yeah. Um, I thought they said uh, paper, but it looks like yeah. Yeah, in the subtitle version, it's paper. I believe they say it's a thread in the dubbed version, so whichever. Or maybe the doll itself is paper. I don't know. Listeners, uh, call in. Write to us. Which is why I think he like, has those little trees trunk legs. Yeah. I would say so. But uh, that's the last we see of our gang in this episode, because we uh, cut to the prince who is sitting in his chambers, and the same sort of doll he has right next to his nightstand. <laughs> Slices <laughs> itself in half. Well, 
that's that, dude. So, and suddenly uh, he's wearing his eyeshadow. Yeah. Was, Feeling more familiar. So his his vassal says something like that. You're recovering nicely, young prince. Something like that. And uh, as the prince gets up, he uses the name. Is he, uh, is it Kagemaki? It's something like that. Is that just the name of... Because he says, my dear, and I was like, who is that? But I think he was just speaking sarcastically. My dear Kagemaki, I yeah. will run this city with an iron fist. And then... I'm thinking maybe this, because they said that the prince felt ill. Mm. Maybe that was Naraku kind of oh, I think so. preying on him and taking over his body. I think that is definitely the case, because he, as he gets up, of course, he walks beyond the uh, the doors where we see his shadow change into the baboon costume. A, Another, but this is a the fourth, fourth one. one. <laughs> yep, because the other one does get destroyed. So. <laughs> now, they got the jewel back, right? They did. Yeah. Okay, plus, oh, maybe not, maybe not the five that Naraku picked up from the uh, no. village, because he probably kept those. I'm thinking the one that he took back from Songo, yes. is that the one he put into the tree arm that they had? Maybe they oh, no, them. I think that was another one. Okay, so now they have like their large chunk of jewel back plus two yeah. more shards. I think that makes 13. I'll have to go back and check and I'll correct myself next episode, but I believe that makes 13. Yeah, <laughs> although it looks like they got one shirt of the oh one third of the shard back, so maybe they got like the big pieces. I don't know, but other demons are looking for him, as Inuyasha says. They can just kill those demons and take them. <laughs> Easy peasy. Easy. <laughs> Lemon squeezy. So, uh, before we end this episode, I wanted to ask: Do you think Naraku's plan was improvised? No. Um, because he's the prince who's controlling the Shogun and besetting the town with a giant spider that attacks. So the town has demanded that they call Slayers. I think he knew that the Slayers had a bunch of jewel shards. Okay. Because he seems surprised when these... Oh, Slayers are here. But then that seems very formulated by him to draw the best slayers out of the town to make it vulnerable enough where he can tell all the demons to then attack it and then swoop in and take the shards that they have mm -hmm. and to get rid of, you know, a force for good in this world that will otherwise uh, be a real... I think Sango living yes. was improvised. That I'll definitely agree with, that he uses this opportunity to like, well, you're still alive, can't kill you here. Let's see if I can kill two birds with one stone. Here. Yeah. And just uh, you yeah. go after Inuyasha. So I'll agree with that. That that part of the plan is an opportunity that he is exploiting. But perhaps killing the uh, Slayer Village is uh, uh, more of him weaving a web spider. <laughs> yes. So I am curious. Were you surprised? I was surprised. Like I said, I wouldn't have been if I had been watching the dub because I'm like, ah, oh, his voice sounds familiar. That's probably okay. And I felt dumb because then I was like, he has the same hair and everything. I don't notice hair, Lindsay. <laughs> well, the first time around, I was surprised as well. Mm -hmm. I just, I thought he was weird, but I didn't ever suspect him because we saw Naraku. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, oh, shoot, he's just being taken in by him, but... Yeah, not only that, we see Naraku 
at the Slayer Village when presumably the prince is tending to Sango at the same time. So, but this is yeah. the first time we get to see what a demon puppet is. So yeah. it's not like we could predict they, this. They covered their tracks well, mm-hmm. but still made it like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, in a satisfying way, I, I'd say. So, uh, good episode. Uh, it, tough competition when the previous one was just so excellent. So this one is. Uh, at, at least now we have uh, a new hot pot on the team. <laughs> oh, all right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Won't be that creepy. Even Miroshi hasn't hit on her yet. <laughs> no, I'm sure he will. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Naraku's Insidious Plot. Uh, listeners, we got two more until the end of season one. We're so Ooh. close. It's a real milestone. Yes. And then, Lindsay, I'm going to make you rate all of your best three and your worst three. Think you can handle that? I think I can. All right, good. I'll have to do something. Yeah. Well, just wait until we get to the end of the series. I'll make you rate all of them <laughs> oh, for best to worst. <laughs> do that. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, uh, don't report me to the, 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 the FBI for liking Sango so much. <laughs> I was going to say you have lots of cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. I'll deserve to go to prison if I do that. <laughs> And it was cocaine, thank you. Oh, sorry. Okay, bye. I'm not a monster. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining me, Lindsay. Uh, Say something clever to take us out. Bye.